I, I thought I'd better do it as well. This is not the right answer, by the way. It's just what I thought. Good. Mess. Jesus. Cross. Life. Whatever your summary is, I hope that whether it was with a simple word or whether it was with an idea or whether it was a, with a, uh, a, a kind of complicated theological word that we might struggle to understand, that it included the cross. What we've been talking about over this last few weeks as we've gone really slowly uh, through this last bit of Ephesians chapter 6 is standing strong in the full armour of God. We have that, I was going to say the next slide, but it's the last slide. This is the only slides I've got. Um, one of the things I've really loved about it is uh, is this richness of hearing people reflect and overlap slightly in the things that they're saying, but hearing this heartbeat of standing firm in the fullness of what God has got for us. Standing is not a passive action. It's not one that is dependent on our strength, but it is dependent on the one in whom we're standing. This passage is a wonderful passage to pray over ourselves and over others. But more importantly, it's a passage that we need to live as we pray it. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword in this passage is not like, is not like, um, a William Wallace sword. It's not like, you know, kind of, Come on! You know, you can hardly lift this thing off the ground. This is like a dagger in terms of the Roman army. This sword is for close combat. When your enemy is right there near you at hand and you're having to do hand-to-hand combat. This is not the kind of William Wallace, we're going to charge into battle kind of thing. That was terrible Scottish accent, wasn't it? I'm so sorry for anyone who lives north of the border. Uh, it's a, it's a 20 to 24 inches. This is a dagger of close combat when the enemy is at hand. The sword of the Spirit which God has put into our hands to defend ourselves. So what... What bits of the Word of God are we supposed to use, are we supposed to hang on to? Well, if we're to take Paul's writing in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says this, All Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. Even the bits that you don't like. Even the bits that you find uncomfortable and can't understand, and I've got those bits of the Bible too. But all of it is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for helping us to grow into the fullness of what God has got for us. 
Not a bit of it is God breathed. All of it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, The word of God is alive and active. The word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You know, I've heard so many stories of people reading God's word and coming to faith. Reading the word of God and coming to faith. One of the most powerful things that I've been part of is putting the word of God in people's hands, a bit like the Alpha Course, and seeing their eyes and ears being open to who God is. Open to the truth of who God is, their loving Heavenly Father, and the truth of who they are in God. This is not some dusty old book. This is the living Word of God. If you've not handled the Word of God recently, if you're not making this part of your daily diet, What kind of person, what kind of follower of Jesus are you going to be in 10 years' time? If you are making it part of your daily diet, how healthy are you going to be in 5 or 10 years' time? As you allow the Word of God to dwell in you. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4, finds himself in this place of being in close combat. Matthew chapter 4. He's been dragged out, pushed out into the wilderness. He's being tested before his ministry begins. Matthew chapter 4, every single one of his responses to that pressure, to that temptation that he faced came with him simply standing on the word of God. The first one is this, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, verse 3, man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil invites him to make bread out of stones. And Jesus thinks that the word of God is important enough to fire a verse back at the evil one. The devil then invites Jesus to some kind of test. Testing, if you like, that the word of God is real. Because the devil quotes a Bible verse back at him. A bit odd. And what he comes back with is, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Deuteronomy verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16. And then the last one, he invites him to worship him. And he says, all of this will be yours. And again, Jesus comes back with a verse from Scripture. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. All three of the verses that Jesus quotes are within two chapters. 
how well do you know those two chapters? All three of them are within two chapters. Deuteronomy 6, he misses out 7 and cuts straight to 8. So it's just in kind of one and a half, really. This is the passage which, for the Jewish people, was so rich for them. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. All of the Jewish people would have known this phrase. Every single one of them. From the youngest children, they would have all known this phrase. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then it goes on, and this is the really interesting bit. What it says is, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. You're to impress them on your children, to talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You're to tie them as symbols on your hands and write them on your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. That's all a bit weird, isn't it? Have you ever seen an Orthodox Jew? Maybe you've seen pictures of them praying. What you'll see is a little box tied around their wrist with scripture in the box. And a little box tied around here so it dangles over their forehead. And again, it's filled with scripture. These commands, they're to be on your heart. You're to impress them on your children. You're to talk about them at home, on the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And you're to tie them on your hands and your head and put them on your door frames and on your, and on your gate. But you know, this, the modern equivalent is to get a Bible verse and at home write it in your best lipstick over the mirror that you look in when you get dressed in the morning. I'm, I'm talking to the ladies. And write, write a verse of scripture to remind yourself that however you're getting dressed from the day, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you are beautiful in God's sight, that you're a child of God, that you've been adopted into his family. And that there is nothing that can happen today that will ever shake those foundations. (coughs) Everywhere you go, the word of God, everything that your hand touches, the word of God, right there. Every thought that you have, the word of God, right there. When you lie down and rest. When you get up for the word of God right there. Talked about around the table, on the road. Posted on your door frame so that every place you go in or out of, you bump into the word of God. One of the great joys of applying for uh, here was... Realizing that you had um, the Romans, I think it's Romans fifteen thirteen blessing 
uh, as your verse for uh, 2017. May the God of hope, that one. And it's one of our favorite verses, and we've got a, a friend of ours who kind of does sort of drawing stuff there. I mean, I don't know what, you know what, they've probably got a proper name, scribbly drawings. Calligraphy, it's not quite calligraphy, it's kind of, it's more flouncy. Um, it's beautiful, sorry, beautiful. <laughs> and she had done us one of those as we left Torquay, and it's, and it's on our wall. Are you allowing, are you allowing yourself to bump into the living Word of God everywhere you go? You know, the thing is this, is that the Christian faith has this deep understanding right at the heart of it that there is power in the spoken word. That there is power in the word of God. We see it right at the beginning. Right at the beginning of Scripture. Now the earth was, in in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Verse (laughs) 2. And God said. He said it and it happened. Words are incredibly powerful, not just in the way that we can use them to either build one another up or tear one another down or build ourselves up or tear ourselves down, but in what we choose to create with them into the world. What we choose to bind and loose. In the Christian tradition, words have power. What we declare has power. I don't know whether you've ever struggled with something and then you've taken a passage of the Bible and you've, you've literally stood there and you've read it out loud until the atmosphere has shifted. I mean, if you, if you haven't, if, do you know what I mean by an atmosphere? You know, you're feeling kind of heavy and overwhelmed. You know, I, I, it almost kind of doesn't matter which bit you take, but, but frankly, taking a, a passage where, where Jesus is, is doing a miracle or, or the resurrection or the crucifixion or some kind of key passage and just read it out loud in your home. The atmosphere in your home will be different. You are standing, you are taking hold of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and you are declaring it with your mouth, out loud. You are making a difference in the heavenlies and on the earth. If you want a picture for how this happens, let me give you two, both from the New Testament. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Acts chapter 3, verse 6 The Holy Spirit has descended and the whole community has kind of been woken up and the gospel, the good news about Jesus has been preached and then Peter and John are going up to pray at the temple. And this guy who's been there every day asks them for stuff, he asks them for money. 
And Peter's response in verse 6 is, well, look, I haven't got any silver or gold. There's nothing I can give you. Except I can give you this. He takes him by the right hand and he helps him up. Having said this, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I I wonder whether the miracle would have happened had Peter not had the courage to kind of say it out loud. I wonder if he'd, you know, if they'd walked past and gone, just pray quietly for that bloke over there. I don't know why Peter's suddenly gone north. I'm I'm having a distressing accents preach. Forgive me. You already have. You did it on my first Sunday, so that's good news. Um, I, I wonder whether the man would have been healed if Peter had not simply had the courage to say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then actually do something about it. Take him by the hand and help him to his feet. But that's what happened. After, after this event has happened, they get taken into custody and they get given this severe warning by the Sanhedrin, by the council of the day. They get told that they're no longer to speak in this name. They're no longer to speak in the name of Jesus. And their response is simply, who are we going to obey? We can't, we cannot keep quiet about this. Are we going to obey you or are we going to obey God? We can't keep quiet about this. And then on their release, the believers gather to pray and their prayer is so interesting because it's in exactly the same vein. Let me give you the, the summary. Sovereign Lord, in other words, you are king. In the context of we've been told to be quiet, you are king. You made everything. You spoke through your Holy Spirit through David. And I love this bit. It sounds so English in the NIV translation. Consider their threats. It's like, would you, would you mind having a look at this, Lord? Because they seem to be troubling us a bit. <laughs> Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak boldly. In the context of what's happened, help us to speak more, not less. Stretch out your hand and heal and do more of the same stuff that's just got us into trouble. Heal and perform signs and wonders In whose name? In the very name they've been told they're not allowed to speak of anymore. In the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And that place was shaken. Folks, as we've looked at these things over this last few weeks, I hope that you've, you've just kind of taken nuggets from each person that has spoken, that you can apply those and walk in them and stand in them in your life. Um, I, I thought I might finish off just in case you hadn't got enough of those with five more 
I hope that's okay. Five, five, if you like, challenges. All about the Word of God. Okay? Oh, I mean, it's only five. I'll try and get through them really quickly. And, um, you ready? Challenge number one. If it's not in God's Word, don't eat it. I mean, I'm, I'm messing with your minds a little bit. If it's not in God's word, don't eat it. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. He's the word that's been made flesh. He's the bread of life. We're supposed to consume him. If it's not in the word, don't consume it. Don't feed on it. Second challenge if it is in the Word, don't edit it. You know, there's bits of the Bible which, which I struggle with and you will struggle with. But don't edit them out. Hold them as questions. Yes. Hold them up and go, Oh, not, I don't get this bit. I'm still struggling with kind of God of war in the Old Testament and all that. Yeah, I'm, I'm wrestling with that. But you know what? I'm, it's not. It's still in my Bible. I've left it in even though I'm holding some of that stuff as questions. If it's in the Word, don't edit it. You know, the temptation is just to take out the bits that we don't like. You know the bits that we don't like? Well, we'll figure it out when we're in heaven. It'll make sense when we get there. And until then, don't worry about it. If it's in the Word, don't edit it. Number three. Keep the word of God close. Like that passage in Deuteronomy. Don't be, don't be in the kind of place where you can go too far before you bump into the word of God again. You know, when we, when we preach here, it's got to be founded on, on the word of God, not, not some nice idea. It's got to be, it's got to have its roots, its foundations in here. Otherwise, it's just some nice ideas. So challenge three is keep the word close. Challenge four. Use the name of Jesus and keep talking about the cross. Use the name of Jesus and keep talking about the cross. You know, using the name of Jesus is as normal as you make it. Quite frankly, in this context, in our culture, even God is weird. Okay? Even being a, being, you know, being a person of faith, you go, frankly, that's weird. Well done for all getting in the building. Okay? So, let's just make it normal and actually talk about Jesus. Because He is the one, He's made the one who's made it possible so that we can get to the Father. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's keep talking about Jesus and keep talking about the cross. You know, we really don't need to be ashamed to talk about Jesus. You know, and maybe your, maybe your prayer for tonight might be, okay. Okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry that I've, that I've been ashamed to say your name out loud. 
You know, what are you? Who are you? If that's who you are, if you've allowed Jesus to come and live in your heart, then say so. Don't mince your words. People, if they don't hear it from you, they're never going to hear it and you might be the only copy of the Bible that some people ever read. Number five. Last challenge. Learn and quote the Word of God. Learn and quote the Word of God. In a minute, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a, a kind of prayer. It is an exercise, but it's it's also just making space, more space for God to move. So I pray that as we do it, that you've got some that you've got some of the Bible in your head. You know, because when you allow the Bible to get in your head, then when you get into trouble and you're needing to be in close combat, you know what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit will remind you of what you've learned. You go, aha! And you can go, whatever that verse is that you need to speak out at that moment. Learn and quote the Word of God because you know there is power in the spoken Word. And maybe some of you do just need to take the Word of God and go and read it around your homes. Read it out loud in your home. This picture has been up all while I've been talking. It's from a card that a friend of mine gave me a long time ago. It's one of my favourite pictures of what it's like to follow Jesus. You know, when I, I don't know what it's like for you, but when I, when I try and follow Jesus, actually I don't feel very big and strong. I don't feel like I've got all the answers. I don't feel like I've got everything sewn up. I've got plenty of questions. I feel like this little boy with a wooden sword. I'm going, yeah, come on then. But you know, it was never about me. It was always about him. It was always about the fact that the king is here. The fact that Jesus is with me. That the Holy Spirit is filling me. And I might be strong enough, but I might not be strong enough. But He is. He is strong enough. With Him, there is always enough. What I'd love to do is read you the text that's on the inside of the card it's from a man called Graham Cook which some of you may have heard of and I'd love to pray it over you it's, it's kind of littered with, with scripture and then we're going we're gonna to kind of do a prayer activity together will you, will you stand and I just want to pray this over you
after I've, after I've prayed this over us, Wes is going to come and help us all to pray. So Holy Spirit, as I, as I pray this I, now over each one of us, come and do the work in us that you need to do by the power of your Holy Spirit. My child, it is okay to feel small as long as you appreciate my immensity. It is fine to be weak as long as you take hold of my strength. I send you out as lambs amongst wolves, but with the secret knowledge that your best friend is the lion. I am growing you to fit the anointing of a spiritual warrior. The secret is to translate insecurity into joy-filled vulnerability before me. The opposition in front of you will always be overshadowed by the anointing that is behind you. Your current circumstances are part of your training for reigning. In everything you face. My word to you is... Nevertheless, just be yourself and allow me to be myself to you. And as we do this, help us to stand, to take the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Wes.